Shine Jesus to sing this together. Shine Jesus, you shine for all the world to see. You are glorious. Shine Jesus, you shine for all the world to see. You are glorious. Let's do that one more time. Shine, Jesus. Jesus. 
to the musicians, hold on before we go to the next song, I was talking to them about how faithful God is. How many know that he is faithful this morning? Hallelujah. And I told them about the scripture that Pastor Wendy told us in Converge Her. If you're missing it, you're missing it. But in Converge Her, she brought up uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 13, where it says, even when we are faithless, he is still faithful. And that stuck with me because, you know, sometimes when you're in the valley, you feel like he isn't faithful, as, as faithful as he is when you're on the mountain. But I'm here to tell you this morning that as faithful as he is when you're on the mountain, that's how faithful he is even when you are in the valley. When you're in the dark and you don't seem like you see any light at the end of the tunnel, God is still faithful. And so I'm here to encourage somebody this morning to let you know, no matter what it is you're going through, you have a God that you can stand on a firm foundation that doesn't change. The reason why it says that he is, he is faithful is because he can't deny himself. That's just who he is. Hallelujah. We serve a God that does not change. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad about that because people, you can't put your trust in people. You can't put your faith in people because people will tell you one thing and then the next day they change. But my God. I am so glad. Is anybody glad that we serve a God whose promises are yes and amen? We serve a God who cannot change. We serve a God whose word will not return into him void. So I just want you to get a praise on your lips. Get some worship in your heart to, serve, to, to just magnify and glorify this faithful God that we serve. Hallelujah. Come on. So this song is called Firm Foundation. And if you know it, I want you to sing it along with us. Come on, just lift your hands all over the building. Hallelujah. This is corporate worship. That means we're going to do this thing together. Yes. Hallelujah. 
to bring you through and just begin to say within yourself, God, I know that you're faithful. I know that you're going to do it. I know that you're going to do it. Hallelujah. This is my favorite part of this moment. Rain came when flew 
able to do just what he said. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Thank you, Jesus. So don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you. He won't. He's able. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you. Let's lift up a praise and a prayer to God. I want you to stay in an attitude of worship. Oh, God, you are so faithful. You are faithful to never leave us nor forsake us. And, Lord, we offer this worship up to you. We acknowledge you as a faithful, loving father. And, Lord, we thank you that when we are faithless, you remain faithful, for you will not deny yourself. You've told us in your word, especially over and over in 1 John, that God is love. And your love is so great toward us that we are reminded of your word in Zephaniah 3.17, where it says, The Lord our God is in our midst, mighty to save, mighty to deliver, that you rejoice over us with singing, O God, and you quiet us with your love. You won't ever fail. And, Lord, we hold to that promise today. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you are already here. And not because of anything that we are, but because of who you are. Lord, you said that if we lifted up the name of Jesus, you would draw all men to you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we commit this service to you. We thank you for an opportunity to solidify those who have been uh, added to your kingdom. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we are learning about relationships, that from our children to our youth to this main service, that we would have a word from you, that we would know how to operate in you through our relationships here on earth. Holy Spirit, would you just sit a little while? We welcome you in this place and we ask you, we invite you to say, 
We commit this entire service to you. We thank you that the angel of the Lord encamps round about 1611 to keep us. Lord, and we will go through this week knowing that you are faithful, that you love us with an everlasting love, and that we are safe with you. It is in your precious, everlasting, saving, delivering, faithful, loving name that we pray. Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to ask you to go ahead on and have a seat. Welcome. If this is your first time here to Converge Church, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon, and I belong to that tall mug of hot chocolate that is standing in the baptistry. If you are joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you tuned in today. And you, whether you're online or here live in person, you have an opportunity to join us in one of the sacred ceremonies of the church, and that is baptism. And so we have six candidates that will be baptized today. And what baptism is, that is your public profession of faith. I was talking to the children in Children's Church last week, and I asked them, how does everybody know that I'm married? And they said, because you have a ring on. And I said, the baptism ceremony is almost like having the, the ring. It is an outward show publicly that I am not ashamed of the gospel. When you pray the prayer of salvation, if you came from the church I came from, you would have to walk down the aisles and make a public profession. We don't necessarily see that biblically. Your profession of faith through Jesus can be private, but it is the baptism where you go public, according to Romans 1:16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So we have six candidates. Miss Andrea, if you could bring me my run sheet so I can call the names, and they will, the ushers will help them get up on stage, and I will call the names, and we will baptize. Pastor, did you want to say anything before we get started? Yeah. Um, can you guys hear me? All righty. Well, listen, this is a very important uh, uh, faith milestone that we get to celebrate corporately as a church. And uh, from the outset, from the inception of Converge Church, we've always made a commitment that we would prioritize the Great Commission. We've always said that we would make the last thing Jesus said the most important thing that we do. And so in the Great Commission, Jesus not only commissioned the church to make disciples, but he also commanded and instructed us that as we make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Wendy said, this is a public demonstration of an inward reality when you trusted Christ. Three things happen in water baptism. Number one, we follow Christ's example because his first public act when he began his earthly ministry, was to be baptized by John the Baptist. And his words were, this is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So not only do we follow Jesus' example, but number two, we do it in obedience to the great commission of Matthew 28 and also Mark 16. Thirdly, when we're baptized by immersion, uh, three things happen. Number one, we identify with Christ's death on the cross. Two, we identify with his burial, and that's why we baptize by immersion, not by sprinkling or by pouring. In fact, the original use of the word baptism was used to describe someone washing clothes, immersing and submerging clothes, or maybe an animal in water to clean it. Uh, the biblical premise for water baptism, or the example we see 
is not sprinkling or pouring, it is immersion. When we're immersed in water, submerged in water, we identify with Christ's burial. But the third thing that happens, number one, we not only identify with his death on the cross, we also identify with his burial. But thirdly, when we're raised up out of the water, we identify with his bodily resurrection on the third day. Amen. That's good news. Come on, somebody get excited about that. So this morning, this morning we have six candidates uh, who are going to publicly identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're deeply honored that we get to celebrate this as a church family together. Uh, Pastor Wendy told them uh, in, the, in the meeting room that, listen, you guys are making history uh, this morning because you are our freshman class, uh, water baptism class here at Converge Church. So this is a special moment, a special memory. And uh, why don't we go ahead and begin? All righty. Our first candidate is Brother Gregory Bradshaw. Gregory so Bradshaw, come Brother on Gregory, down, Brother Gregory, come man. on up. And uh, Gregory, you have family here, is that right? Family, you can join him here at the baptistry. Uh, use this as an opportunity to take some pictures or video if you'd like to join us here and celebrate this moment as a family with Gregory. Gregory, we are extremely, we want to turn around uh, so you can face everybody. And uh, we're deeply honored that we get to celebrate this important faith milestone with you. And uh, as you're taking this next, next step in your journey, mom is here and your brother Stephen is here as well. Uh, uh, is there anything you'd like to say uh, uh, to, to Gregory as he takes this next step in his journey with Jesus? You know, I, I'm just sitting over here watching you do that little moment and my heart is filled uh, with, with uh, just moved by the Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Mom? I love you, Greg. <laughs> Amen. We finally you. made it to this point. Amen. Thank God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And listen, we get to celebrate this with Greg and his family. Greg, why don't you turn this way? Greg, have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? Yes, I have. Amen. Now, based on your public profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Give me a big hug, buddy. God bless you. 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 Oh, God, we God thank you for Gregory's life. Oh, God, we thank you in Jesus' name that you preserved him for this moment. Oh, God, we pray a protection around him. We thank you that no longer will he ever stray into the far country. And for the rest of his days, he would honor and bless your name. Oh, God, you've been so faithful to him. Oh, God, we celebrate right now his life, and we say to Satan, you have no hold and no place. The blood of Jesus be against you. We draw a bloodline around his life, and we speak over Brother Gregory that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. And that from this day forth, he will know like never before 
that he is loved, he is accepted, and he is home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. As Brother Gregory is coming out, we are going to ask our very own Brother Brandon Farr to come to the baptistry. Now, Brandon doesn't have family here, so I'm going to stand as the mama of this house with the son of the house yeah. with Brandon. Brandon, we're so glad you're here. I hope you feel loved and accepted and wanted. Thank you for making yourself available. I have never missed you showing up in your work clothes, with your coffee. I didn't miss the time for Christmas when you showed up and you hadn't even been home to sleep yet. We've never missed your prayer request that you've submitted. And we are so proud that you keep submitting your heart and yourself to God. Now, I was coming as a mama, but I want you to look around. Your brothers have shown up. And your sister. Amen. So if you can... Do you want one of them to hold your glasses? Now, Brandon, you have an interesting story about how you found Converge Church. Tell us a little bit about how you made your way here to 1611. other people that came, came from this church and I kind of snapped onto it and came here. Amen. So he was just bragging on his manager who happens to be Dexter Jackson. Uh, Dexter, why don't you come around? And one of the things we've communicated to our church over and over is that church doesn't start on Sunday morning. It starts after we leave. And so we've taught our people to make uh, the marketplace your mission field, to make the public square your mission field. We take the Great Commission seriously. So Dexter invited Brandon, and this was several months ago, and Brandon has been coming ever since. Not only did he does he attend, but he immediately started to serve. He's been plugged in with Fight Club, and he's building a family uh, of friends right here at Converge. That's what the church ought to be about. Amen. Dexter, anything you want to share before? Uh, uh, what I can say is, even before he joined Converge, um, you can tell that he abides with Jesus. And so, so he is a believer and a follower, and I am so proud of his public profession. But Brandon is a believer and a follower wholeheartedly. Amen. Sold out on fire. Amen. And he's single, and he's got good credit, and he's plugged into the local church. So if we got any Esthers in the house, any Ruths in the house, we need you to posture yourself right by the doors as he yes. leaves. Posture we will run yourself. a background and a credit check, but he is available. He is available in Jesus' name. <laughs> Brandon, why don't you transition? Brandon, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Amen. Based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. Amen. 
Every baptism is special, but we have our next candidate coming, Miss Olivia Frost. And Olivia is one of our Converge students. Yeah. And so for her to be making a public profession at this age, how old are you, Olivia? How old are you? She is 13 years old. And so we are so excited. Olivia's family is coming up to stand with her. Family, is there anything you'd like to say uh, to Olivia as we celebrate this important milestone with you guys? Yes, Grandma's here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, ma'am. Last Sunday, I looked over, and she was turning herself up. I didn't even say anything. She did this on her own. She said, I'm ready to be baptized. And I said, well, all right. <laughs> I'll wait for it to come in my hand. Olivia, we are extremely proud of you that we get to celebrate this important milestone. And I think some of the Converge students, are the Converge students in the house? Uh-oh, right. yes, the team showed up the for support. Up. Amen. Well, you are loved, and we are celebrated this morning as you take this next journey, next step in your faith journey. Olivia, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Amen. Now, based on the public profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, in the name of the precious Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Converge students, just keep showing up. We have another student. We have Miss. Alicia Georges, Alicia welcome Georges. to the baptistry, <laughs> yes. Alicia has her twin sister and her mom and all of Converge students and Pastor Ray and myself joining her for this great decision. Come on up here, please. Yeah. I want to um, tell you how proud I am of you. 
<laughs> I am so proud that you came to this decision on your own. Um, we didn't talk about this. I just wanted God to place it in your heart. Now, well, mommy placed it into your heart. Everything that I say, everything that I do, I want you to know that I love you. I am beyond proud that you have chosen to publicly confess. Yeah. proud of you, Alicia. Amen. This is a big step in the right direction, following Jesus on your journey with him. Now, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Now, based on your public profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. Now, when Jewel said for aunties and cousins to come up, you know, sometimes in life, the enemy tries to run after certain ones of us harder than others. And so there has been a, 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 a just, you know, we've just had to stand in the gap. And I'm just so proud that Alicia just kicked the enemy in the teeth. She Amen. said, no, 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 you Amen. won't have me. Amen. Amen. We are going to go to our next candidate, which is going to be our little bitty beautiful Miss Belina Jenkins. Come on now. <laughs> now, Belina is our youngest, and some of you may say, well, why would that baby get baptized? Because she comes to Converge Church, and yeah. she knows what baptism is all about, and she made this decision on her own. Her father is Stephen, and mom is with her, and so she already understands baptism. We've gotten her a little book. I did explain to her that just because she's five years old and she's making the decision when she's 20, she doesn't have to do it again. She doesn't have to think, oh, I was too young. We'll continue to be with her and to speak to her. But she has been a bright light since the day I met her, very in tune. She is a blessing, and we are so proud of the parenting that she's receiving. This won't just come just out of the air. It comes from coming from a good home and leading. I'm so proud of you, Stephen, leading your children to Jesus. And, Mommy, I'm so proud of you just raising a beautiful little lady for Jesus and aunties and uncles, too. Amen. I think we're about to have a princess baptism right about yeah. now. I think so. Amen. Amen. Well, Belina, we're extremely proud of you, Stephen, and uh, your family. Thank you, guys. Miss Belina, have you invited Jesus into your heart? Amen. All right. Well, here we go. Based on your, that's the rising. You want to stand? I think that's pretty deep. You want to go down? I think. Don't let the soldier. All See right. that that leadership? Okay. Yes, converge kids. All that's right. right. You yes. are brave and you are strong. Brave and strong. Yes. All righty. Well, based on your public profession of your faith in Jesus, I now baptize you. In the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the precious Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism, and raising you Amen. 
Verge. Let's give it up one more time for all our amazing water baptism candidates for taking the next step in their journey, in their walk with Jesus. God bless you and enjoy the rest of today's worship experience. ourselves together now. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to everyone. If this is your first time, what an amazing time for, for you to have joined us. If it's not obvious, here at Converge, we are a family, a soul family, a faith family, and it runs deep. So I'm going to try to regather myself, but um, welcome. We're so happy that you joined us this morning. Uh, for those online, our Converge family, our VFAM, welcome as well. If it is your first time, we would love to get to know you. We'd love to meet you out of the Connection Center. Get a little close. Um, we just would like to get your information, to welcome you, to meet you, um, to make sure that you know that, um, A, you're, you're part of the family now, but also we have a small gift of, for you. It's our way of saying thank you for joining us. Um, the pastors will also be at the Welcome Center, so if you want to meet them, say hello, um, they'll be out there as well. Um, also, uh, Social media, if you're not following us yet on all of the platforms, we are at We Are Converge. Again, at We Are Converge. Um, except for TikTok, we're at Converge Church. That is your way of getting the latest and greatest updates on what's going on here at Converge, um, dates, upcoming uh, events. So please follow us, engage with us, share with us, like, a comment, um, all the fun things. Um, also, you may have noticed our big group of students in the back supporting their friends getting baptized. Yes, right. We have a big growing group. The students are meeting middle school, high school students back in the rail every second and fourth Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday. It's Sunday. Every second and fourth Sunday of the month. Um, they just kicked off a new series called Hashtag Facts. As we know, our, our kids, our students are getting a lot of information. Um, from social media, we want you to connect with us, but uh, they're also getting all kinds of um, other information, right? From the world, from their peers, uh, from the enemy, directly through. Um, so we make sure our students here at Converge stay focused on the one and only source of truth in hashtag facts coming from the word. We want your students in there. We want them learning about the truth that they need to be following. Um, again, with all of this overload of information, we want to make sure they know their source of truth and where to get it. So send your students, bring your students, have them invite friends. Um, also, we would love to invite you to join us in our 40-day um, devotional, our 40-day Lent uh, devotional. We kicked it off Ash Wednesday, um, the days, the 40 days leading up to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We would love to have you plugged in with us. Um, there, I think there's a, a QR code. If not, come find us after. We'll give you the QR code to follow us along in our version 40-day uh, devotional. Thank you, Cassie. Yes. So she was talking about Converge students, and over the past few weeks, you guys have heard us talking about the final church closed tour that Converge students is going to be attending on April 23rd. We just want to let you know, if you have a student 6th through 12th grade that wants to attend that tour, we still have a few spaces available. The remaining spaces are limited, so if you want your child, your student, to join our student leadership team and the other Converge students on uh, going to this outing on April 23rd, Take advantage, get in touch with one of our leaders. They'll get the information to you. Spaces are limited. Adults, if you guys want to go, you have to purchase your own ticket. 
but space is limited for our students, so you want to get on top of that before the final seats are sold out. Also, uh, we are wrapping up our winter semester for our V groups. So Fight Club ended yesterday, and I heard that it was amazing. Yes, thank you, yes, thank you so much. And then this Wednesday is going to be the final evening of the winter semester for Converge Her. So again, I love when my ladies are excited. If anyone has missed, just because it's the last Wednesday, do not, not come. Don't come, don't not not come. Please not good come. English. Please come, it's never too late. We are going to be hearing from our silver saints, and y'all know what it says in Titus about the older women teaching the younger. In this instance, I fancy myself younger, so y'all come. Let's get some wisdom from our, our silver saints. They have lived and they have lots that they want to pour into us. But don't worry, because the spring semester is coming up and we'll be sharing more information about that soon. We also want to just put it on your mind so that you can mark your calendars about our Easter weekend celebration. Easter weekend begins on Friday, April 7th with Good Friday, and we are going to have a night of worship, communion, and the last seven words, which are the final seven sayings of Jesus from the cross. You guys don't want to miss this. And then we're going to have on Sunday, April 9th, a celebratory Resurrection Sunday service. And this is good news, y'all. It's a little quiet in here, but the resurrection of Jesus is a reason to celebrate. Amen. And so you guys don't want to miss this weekend. It's going to be very special. And we just want to make sure that it's on your calendar so you can join us on Friday, the 7th of April, and again on the 9th of April. Thank you guys so much for your attention. Amen. Thanks, Thank Cassie. Y'all pray the courses, they ended the message to make sure the melody's tracking your heart. Sponsor some kids just to show off what you did it and jump on your luxury car. Drop at the hood in the poverty, get in the stadium just to watch people play ball. Oh no, you doing too much, you ain't doing enough. Who you fooling ain't us. You ain't like Jesus, ain't risen like we ain't forgiven like we ain't got truth in our crush. Thank you so much for coming. We're excited that you're here. We want to give you an opportunity to continue to worship God with us in the giving of our tithes and our offerings. The Bible teaches that we're to honor God with everything that we own. 
to bring him and bless him with the first of our best. And so we thank God that you're here with us, our blessed life, to bless God, to believe in God. The Lord continues to bless us. Look around you and see how your giving has blessed this church and blessed us with the opportunity to reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ to our community. We are so thankful. There are six ways that you can give here at our church. The first way is to give right here in person. If you need an offering envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate that. You can also give online by going to weareconverge.com and you can give that way. You can also download our app, which we encourage you to do. Download our Converge Give app. Go to the Give section on it, and you can give that way as well. Also, you can give by texting 77977, another opportunity. And then there's always, if you prefer, to give through Zelle or through Cash App. And so we want to give you an opportunity to bless the Lord with everything that you own, to give Him your best, to give God your tithes and your offerings, and bless the Lord. I want to say amen. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. Look behind you and say, you're blessed. Look at someone and say, it's blessed to give. Hallelujah. I don't give a preacher a mic too long. All right. Bow your heads and let's pray and believe God for his offering today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, you've been good to us. God, you have blessed us. And Lord, we get the opportunity to bless you through the giving of our tithes and offerings. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for bringing increase to our lives that we might give. God, I pray that we give with the right attitude this one, that we have purposed in our heart to give as you have blessed us. God, we want to see your kingdom grow. God, we want to be a part of fulfilling your plan and your purpose here at Converge Church. God, receive what we have given today. God, that the church might be blessed, that the kingdom of God might be blessed, and that we might help fulfill that plan and that purpose. Help us, O oh Lord, to have the heart of Jesus, a heart for the lost. God, the heart to see people healed and the heart to see people set free. Father, we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Good morning, good morning. Are y'all ready for another week of the Love Series? Got another one for y'all this morning featuring my bro Eddie on the bass. Come on, give it up for Eddie, y'all. He's making his debut at Converge Church this morning. I guess you wonder where I've been. I search to find a love within. I came back to let you know I got a thing for you. Can't let it 
Kids wonder what is wrong with me Well, I'm in a daze For your love, you see I came back to let you know Got a thing for you And I can't let go Some people go around the world for love They may never find what they dream of What you would do, do for love You tried everything, but you won't give up In my world, only you Makes me do for love what I will not do. Come on, Tanya. My friends wonder what is wrong with me. But I'm in a days from your love, you see. I came back to let you know. I got a thing for you.
Am I on? Oh, there I am. All righty. Let's go ahead and bring the lights up. Good morning, Converge Nation. Are you glad to be in the house this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wasn't that pretty cool to get to celebrate water baptisms this Sunday morning? And Clark Kent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a phone booth in the back, if you didn't, just in case you didn't know. And a uh, little transformation uh, during the service. Uh, listen, we're honored that you're here. Uh, today is week four of our current sermon series that we're calling For Better or Worse. And the feedback that we've been getting has been absolutely phenomenal. So many families, uh, so many marriages have been impacted by what we've shared over the last three weeks. Uh, today is going to be no different. Today is going to be no different. Uh, so listen, uh, open your hearts, prepare your hearts for what we're going to share uh, this morning because we have some very, very special guests with us this morning. Uh, they're no strangers to Converge Church. Uh, they've been with us before. Uh, they were with us when we were City Church at the Angelica uh, Film Center uh, a few years ago. They're back again with us. And uh, man, listen, get ready. There's no exaggeration. They're, gonna, they're really going to help us unpack what it looks like to do marriage and interpersonal relationships successfully. Uh, our guests this morning are Ken and Dana Bennett. They have the awesome privilege here of serving as the lead pastors of Connect Church in Plano, a thriving, thriving church serving uh, Plano and communities uh, uh, surrounding Plano and Wiley, especially on the east side of Plano. Incredible work. What I also appreciate about them is that they're multidimensional. Uh, not only are they very successful pastors, uh, but they do an incredible job leading and serving in the marketplace as entrepreneurs, as consultants, and uh, man, we're just honored uh, to have you guys with us. Uh, uh, there's a whole lot I want to say, but I want you all to come and do the work. Come on, Converge. Let's show our love for our special guests this morning, Ken and Dana Bennett, lead pastors of Converge Church, not Converge Church, sorry, Connect Church. Come on. Wow, where did that come from? That, that could be prophetic, Ken. You never, you never know. Uh, come on down. It's an honor to have you guys with us. Love you. God bless you. Awesome, man. Let's dive into the word together. All right, before we do that, I just want to take a moment. I think the people need to get to know you, all right? So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. This is totally unscripted. Okay. Uh, you're not prepared for this, and I'm just going to go strictly off the dome. Before I do that, man, didn't, don't you appreciate Converge Worship, man? Y'all didn't know y'all were going to get George Benson today? And, uh, just in case you were wondering, it's one of the things that we do during our uh, relationship series in February. It's one of the things we're intentional about. We get to celebrate love. And uh, one of the ways we do that is, man, we pull these love songs uh, that are timeless and, uh, and get to celebrate marriage and love and relationships. So, all right, here it is. You ready? We'll do our best. I I'm just going to go in because this has been a pain point for me for generations. I'm just going to get it off my chest right now. All right. Apple or Android? Apple all day. Apple all day. They said That's Apple right. only. You are an Android user. That's and we're still friends. That's what I wanted to say. We a still friends. I'm an Android, I'm a friend of an <laughs> Apple user. Come on, somebody. Who said I love you first? I did. Come on, somebody. That's a beautiful thing. It is. All right. Uh, breakfast or lunch? Breakfast. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Waffles. Oh. Waffles. Wow. 
and pecans in the waffles. Come on, yeah. somebody. A man after my own heart. Yes, sir. Uh, summer vacation or winter vacation? Summer. 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 Okay. What else do I have in my archive? Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I just drew a blank. I had a whole lot of questions that I had prepared, but maybe along the way I'll, it'll come back to me. All righty? But listen, thank you guys so much for being with us for uh, uh, week four of For Better or Worse. We've kind of been walking through Luke chapter 15, uh, okay. the parable of the lost coin. And uh, in that parable, there's the, uh, the young lady who's lost one of these coins. And our church knows now that, that in that parable, uh, the coin uh, or was one of the coins off of the garland that a woman who was married would wear. It was her dowry. It was a lot like wearing a wedding band. So if you lost a coin, it could be seen as something that was irresponsible or reckless. Uh, so she comes to the recognition that something valuable is lost. And she responds with urgency. So we've been talking about this sort of this recognition that something might be lost in the relationship and what our response should be when we find out something's missing, right? We should respond with urgency. So the first thing she does is she turns on the lights, right? You got to shine light on that thing that's missing, right? And then she begins to sweep the house and it says she swept the house until she found it. So we've kind of been walking through these, these coins that can often go missing in marriage. I think we've gotten through about seven coins. Uh, and, and we're going we're gonna to take a little bit of a departure from that because uh, in our conversation when I invited you, man, you guys have been in a series, and uh, I was just fascinated. It's, it's completely intriguing, and, uh, and I wanted you guys to share that uh, with our church as we talk about relationships and about marriage uh, this morning. Is that cool? Go ahead. Well, first off, thank you for the invitation to come and share. It's all, I don't leave Sunday services for just anybody, mm -hmm. uh, but you guys are truly family, and uh, we are excited to be a part of today's experience. And so, man, I just wanted you to know that we do appreciate it. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Dr. Dana, of 16 phenomenal years. 16 years. Come on. 16 years of great marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, I've said to her down through the years, uh, one of the things that I do appreciate about her is that she makes doing marriage easy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not hard to love her. It's not hard Amen. to serve her. It's not hard to do life with her. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also believe that is the product of what we've experienced apart. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to say that we are uh, in uh, before our marriage, we I miscarried a relationship, and that's mm. what I call a divorce is a miscarriage. Mm. Uh, and we miscarried that relationship, uh, but when we met each other, we made a decision uh, that we were not going to miscarry this next relationship. Amen. Um, Amen. And so we'll talk a little bit about that, but I at least wanted to at least use that as an opening yeah. uh, for us delving into our conversation today. You got anything you want to? open up with? Well, the algorithms series, I think it's what you were talking about, and, yeah. and that's been a phenomenal series, and talking about how um, we don't just happen upon certain situations or mm. behaviors, but we are fed by things behind the scenes that sometimes we're not tapped into or aware of that are yeah. actually driving us, that's and the huge. enemy is constantly marketing things to us yeah. um, that are driving some of our decisions, and if mm. we're not aware of those algorithms behind the scene, much like if you ever 
are, um, you go to a men's site for shoes, and then the next thing you know, you're on Facebook, and you're getting all of these advertisements for shoes. Right. That's because there are, the algorithm is working to make sure that that is constantly presented before you. Yeah. And so Apostle's been talking about how we need to work on our appetite, and work mm -hmm. on our eyes, and work on our hearing, and different things that we allow to come before us that are actually feeding and driving our decisions. Huge. And so we're going to be kind of talking about that a little bit as it pertains to marriage and yeah. relationships. No, that's yeah. powerful. So a couple of things. We're going to dive into this idea of algorithms, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because there are algorithms, whether we recognize it or not, right. that are impacting our relationships. Mm, Y'all got quiet on me. Uh, but we'll dive into that because you're going to help us unpack that. Yes, sir. Yes, but sir. As, before we do that, I just wanted to, to acknowledge the fact that you, you mentioned that you guys had both uh, miscarried previous relationships, Absolutely. and then when you met, you made a conscious decision, Absolutely. this will not happen again. Yes, sir. One of the things we teach here at Converge Church is that in the kingdom, if we'll surrender our hearts and our lives and our decisions to Christ, there's never a win-lose proposition. Yes. It's always win-learn. Wow. Yes. That's good, man. And so even from the most painful places of our lives, there are lessons that we can learn that we bring forward. Absolutely. Yes. If I were to ask you, uh, uh, and I don't want to get too much into, into what's behind you or the past, would you say that there were, in retrospect, maybe certain algorithms that Absolutely. impacted yeah. your previous marriage? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah. Cover, cover three components or three algorithms that I believe mm -hmm. were contributing factors wow. in uh, what took place uh, in the past. So Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into that. And I really believe, you know, uh, we, we prayed in the car, and it's my prayer Mm -hmm. uh, today that um, marriages, individuals who are in relationships mm -hmm. or if they're experiencing some sense of trepidation or stress or yeah. anxiety relationally, that after today's conversation, that peace would be reinserted into that marriage. Good. Um, and they're going to leave church today ready to do the work with the proper biblical mindset of what God really has in store for that relationship. Powerful. So that's, that's I love what you said. So tell us now, uh, this doesn't just happen automatically. We really got to do work. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, we, yeah. we argue marriage is filled is a relationship that is filled with constant negotiations. Mm. You are always in negotiation mode in your relationship. Good. You're always negotiating because mm. What I wanted from her in my 20s, I didn't want in my 30s. Good. Now that I'm in my 40s, the contractual terms have adjusted a little bit because I realize that what I wanted in my 20s were from the immature side of who I am. Mm. As I've gotten older, I recognize in my 40s that what I wanted in my 20s, it ain't, no, it ain't fun no more. Right. So, you know, we've learned... She's, I think she's a better negotiator than I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah. uh, we have learned that you constantly negotiate. You're constantly working a deal so that it's easier for you to do marriage successfully together. I think that's powerful to understand because I say this sometimes, you know, in some of the consulting work mm. that I do, some of the coaching work that I do, mm. and some of these people are peak performers. Mm. And one of the things that I say to them is, in life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. That's good. <laughs> That's Absolutely. Good. That's good, man. Okay. Um, I don't want to go too far down that road. Yeah. That's good. But it's really important, right? Yes. Yes. And, and if it's true that marriage and relationships are filled with, this, with these uh, negotiations, I think it's, it's important um, 
that we recognize uh, those transitions, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Muhammad Ali famously said, a man who sees life at age 50, the same way he saw life at age 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. Oh, yes. my goodness. What wow. often happens in marriages is people don't recognize those transitions yeah. and that the person you married at the altar when they were 20 is no longer the same person. Right. And what ends up happening is we miss those transitions and the growth. And um, uh, uh, what ends up happening with couples is if you're not growing together, uh, right, you're growing apart. Yeah. And then, if we're not careful, there's this resentment, mm -hmm. sometimes unspoken, that begins to, to build up because th there are two people that are growing in different directions mm -hmm. and growing at different rates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening, the resentment comes from this, this, sometimes it's an unconscious sentiment and sometimes it's very conscious, but it, it, it's something like this. One person feels like you're leaving me behind. The other person feels like, you slowing me down. Right. <laughs> Did y'all catch that? If two people aren't growing together, one person is moving at a different pace, one person is ahead of the other, the person who is behind this other person feels like, you've left me behind. The person who is ahead says to the person who's behind, you slowing me down. And both can produce incredible resentment if two people aren't growing at the same pace because yeah. they're not recognizing those changes and they are not renegotiating That's good. the Absolutely. terms of the relationship. That's so good. Algorithms. I, you hear that all the time. They tell you to do certain things because certain things will build the ag algorithm. You know, influencers say, hey, man, smash the like button, hit mm -hmm. subscribe, and hit that notification bell. It helps the algorithm. Yes. What on earth for the non-scientific uh, and non-technologically savvy ones among us? What is an algorithm? An algorithm or algorithms are described as a set of rules that define a sequence of operations. Mm. It's, it's my belief that habits are driven out of marketing. Mm. You don't just decide anything. Mm. There has been marketing that has taken place in an unseen realm mm. that is pushing you toward a certain decision or a certain goal. Wow. Uh, it has been argued even in the brain that there's a part of your brain called the PAS, mm. the PAS, that uh, you know, you'll they say you see a Cadillac today, and you mm -hmm. say, "Man, I love that Cadillac." Right. Now, Cadillacs have been up and down Highway 75 since you've lived in Dallas-Fort right. Worth, but something in your brain, your neurological system, tells you to highlight the interest of the Cadillac. Right. So now, every time you're on the freeway, and we've all done it, we've like, "Man, we just said." We were interested in Cadillacs, and right. so now all of a sudden, Everywhere. I'm seeing Cadillacs, <laughs> every other vehicle, and you're wondering where that came from. Mm. That is because your attention has been focused on what interests you. Uh, the, the Cadillac has always been on Highway 75, yeah, yeah. but you showed no interest towards it. Right. And so what happens in the neural, neuro, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, the brain, what happens now, is it's going to make sure that your eyes see what you're interested in. Mm. And we have to see that in the context mm. of marriage. Good. That I believe that as couples, we have to recognize mm. 
that there are algorithms that happen on the back end Come on. that produces a successful relationship Talk to or us. a frustrating relationship. Good. You, you see what I'm saying? You, Absolutely. You, 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 you get to choose mm. how you invest. Mm. And when you don't invest, you are investing. Wow. Wow. Does that wow. make sense? Like there's it makes no perfect sense. You you cannot not invest. Right. You are investing in that relationship. And what the relationship has produced mm. is speaking loud and clear yeah. of what you invested in a prior season. My goodness. So I believe that those algorithms is mm. something that we and we've kind of introduced it in our church. And if would allow, I'd like to give the foundation or scripture for that before we get too into it because yeah. I'd like to support everything with scripture mm. uh, because that's, it's our reason for living. So Absolutely. that is, of course, Galatians chapter 6, mm. verse 8, 9, if you can give it to me there. I don't have my Bible up here. This seems to be a technological, uh, technological church. So thank you all for that. Amen. All right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. You have it, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Do we have the actual text, not just the reference? The actual verse. All right. ESV says, the one who sows to the flesh mm. reaps corruption, mm. but the one who sows to the spirit reaps eternal life. Do not be weary in well-doing. Good. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Mm. Um, uh, Paul, of course, is helping us unpack this important idea of the two places in which we can sow or invest into spiritually. Two places. It is the flesh mm. or the spirit. Mm. And I believe that just as it is with the flesh and the spirit, I also believe that it's, it's that same uh, component in our marriage. Mm. We have to be very intentional on knowing what we're investing into. I think some of us are not intentional mm. in what we're investing. Yeah. And so we get frustrated on what it has produced because we're not aware of what we are investing. Mm. Paul says, when you sow it in the spirit, you'll, relieve, you'll, you'll receive things that are spiritual. Yeah. But if you invest in the flesh, you're going to mm. receive things that denotes what you invested in in the flesh. And wow. so there are actions that follow your investment activity. Mm. If I'm a carnal person, it's probably because I've invested more in carnality. If I'm a spiritual person, it is because I've likely invested in that which is spiritual, and it shows up and it leaks in my conversations, my thinking, my wow. way of living, how I do life, so on and so forth. And so I believe that in our marriage, we have to be that aware and that uh, intricate in understanding how important it is to be investing the right thing. You want to say anything to that? Yeah, I think part of the problem is, is that a lot of us come to our marriages with already some pre-programming. Mm. And so our algorithm has already been set and influenced by um, our upbringing, watching our parents and our grandparents' marriage, what we see on social media, you know, couples goals and things like that. And so a lot of us come into the marriage with this preconceived idea or expectation of what we should get from it or how we should show up in the marriage. And so I have one version of what this should look like based on my grandparents' marriage. And you have one version of what it should look like based on how you were raised. And so we come with these two separate ideas and then we get in it and we realize 
I'm not getting any of this. This doesn't look like what I saw on TV. This doesn't look like what I saw in the Real Housewives. This don't look like right. what I saw in the soaps my grandma used to watch. Like, what is going the on? Stories. The stories. Or where I'm from, San Antonio, the telenovelas. The telenovelas. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. It doesn't look like that. And yeah. so we th automatically think there's something wrong with our marriage. Mm. And it's really just that we have the wrong algorithm that's driving those behaviors. Yeah. Exactly. And we need to get in sync so that we're seeing the same feed and we're understanding the same thing and we're on the same page. Yeah. That's no, that's powerful. So the way Solomon said it, wisest man who ever lived, as a man thinketh in his heart. Yes. So is he. So mm -hmm. is he. Uh, your life, my life, will never rise above our most dominant thought. Absolutely. The science behind what you said is whatever we focus on, the brain will highlight. Yes, sir. So if I focus on feeding my flesh, mm -hmm. that's what my brain will pull up. Mm -hmm. A lot like the advertisements that pop out out of nowhere on social media. So it's important then to, to retrain our brain Absolutely. or our thinking or our appetites yes. and our desires on the right things because we're wired then uh, to pursue those things, right? That's those right. are the things that come up most frequency, right. frequently if I, if I place an emphasis or a certain amount of value on those things, they call good it, or bad. They call it pixelated marketing. It, mm. it is anything you spend three seconds or longer on, my, my. the algorithm thinks you're interested in it. Wow. Even when you're in, in incognito. Yeah. Three seconds or more. <laughs> Al, uh, 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 Google people or, or uh, Apple people will know what I'm talking about in incognito. <laughs> <laughs> My Android users need to be delivered, but. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but anything. Listen, <laughs> Adam and Eve didn't eat an Android. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Y'all got us in all this trouble. <laughs> we here because of your apple. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have that one. It's your yeah, church. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your church. Thank you. Um, so three seconds or longer, uh, with me being a business owner, you know, one of the things they tell you, marketing 101, mm -hmm is you, you've got three areas to market people. It is social media, it is phone number, and it is email. Um, and so when someone gets on your page, you know, there is data, as a matter of fact, there's a little box at the bottom of the screen that says there are pixels that are monitoring your activity. Wow. And it asks if you're okay with it searching or uh, um, saving mm -hmm. your, your search behavior. Yeah. And what that does now is you've got a stalker mm. that follows you everywhere. Everywhere. From email, you can be on something 15 seconds and then you get out of it, all of a sudden you've got an email that said, hey, you put something in your checkout card and we know you didn't, you didn't wow. check out, so we're wondering, was it the price? Was it so, that's pixelated marketing. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I want couples to understand that we have an enemy Come on, talk about it. We have an enemy that is planning, that is scheming mm, to destroy mm, mm. us and our marriages. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole goal. Come on. That enemy, the, the Bible says the enemy is cunning and he is crafty. He is Mama. seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. And we must understand that in marriage, there is an enemy that does not want us to succeed. Mm. 
As a matter of mm. fact, John 10, mm. 10 says, for the enemy comes to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy. Wow. But I have come that you might have life mm. and that you might have it more abundantly. One my, translation my, my. in the Amplified says, to the full and until it overflows. Yeah. Mm. One of the things that we have to learn early on, especially after experiencing a relationship that miscarried, we have to understand that Satan is after anything that reveals the glory of God. Absolutely. We have to understand that Absolutely. that is like learning one on one. We have to see that our marriages are designed to reveal the glory of God because the marriage is a type and shadow of the marriage that will take place in heaven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Which is why there will be no marriage in heaven. Mm. But when people look at our marriage here on earth, they're getting a chance to see what the relationship like what the relationship with God will be like after his millennial reign. Mm, and so mm. our marriages are designed to reveal the glory, the power, and the presence of God, how God can love someone mm. who is so unlovable. Mm, this so is good. why you have the book of Hosea. Yeah. When, the, when he went and married, uh, who is it? Um, Gomer. Gomer. Gomer, yes. Uh, it, it, it shows us how God is called up twisted in the game. I preached a message on uh, you got me twisted in the game. It is how God feels about us that even mm. though you keep going for another partner, I'm still right there yeah. wanting to be in relationship and covenant with you. Mm. And so our marriage is really a reflection yeah. of the glory of God. And so anything that, you know, I had someone put it this way, that if 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 you are selling a piece of bubble gum and mm. it's done for God, Satan wants a piece of it. Absolutely. It doesn't matter Absolutely. what it is. He wants a piece of it. And so we just have to see that there's an enemy that is betting against our success uh, mm. to cause the image to be tainted mm. uh, where people don't get a chance to truly, truly see the love of God reflected yeah. in what it is that we're trying to build together. Do you have anything? Pastor Ray, I think that is why, and I don't know if, if you guys have encountered this in um, counseling with couples, mm. but we've counseled with couples who have lived together for 10 years yes. unmarried. They finally decide they want to get married, yeah. and they're struggling to make it through year one. Yeah. It's because it's about the covenant. Absolutely. The enemy hates the covenant. Yeah. And so as long as you're doing life together right. outside of covenant, mm. the enemy doesn't care about he that. Doesn't. But the moment you decide that you're going to enter into a covenant, liken into the covenant that we have with God, right. now the enemy wants to attack that and destroy that because right. he wants to destroy the glory of God that can come from that covenant. That can come from it. And yeah. that's why I, we see it all the time. You guys were living together just fine, shacking and rocking and rolling for 10 years. Mm. And now you get married and it's like you don't even know each other. Mm. And it's because mm. the enemy comes in to try to destroy what God right. has put together. And mind. so it's just a reminder to us that we've got to actually be vigilant and diligent in protecting our marriages and investing in them because the enemy is circling our marriages just yeah. looking for an opportunity to get in. No, that's yeah. powerful. Okay, so let's get practical because I want everybody, including myself, to walk away okay. from the service today yes, with some tools right, yes, in our toolbox to help us recognize the algorithms mm -hmm. that are working against us behind the scenes. Yes, sir. We want to we co come into a sense of awareness, a mm -hmm. heightened awareness yeah. of the 
devices of the enemy, the algorithms against our marriages. How do we identify them? How do we recognize them? How do we overcome them? Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to provide the three algorithms that are constantly looking for input to sustain the marriage. Mm. I don't believe that there is neutrality in marriage. You're absolutely right. There's no neutrality in marriage. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Absolutely. So you must understand that first is that mm-hmm. when you refuse to invest you're still moving you're still moving right when you invest you're moving right so the first uh can i just say something yes, real sir. quick yes, about sir. that Please about sir. neutrality this is important to understand yeah. uh, there are no neutral interactions in any interpersonal relationship especially marriage mm. i'll say that again every time you interact with your spouse you are either making a deposit yeah. or withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're making a, a deposit with kind words. You're making a deposit with generosity. Or you're making a withdrawal with indifference, sarcasm, defensiveness. There are, let me say this again. There are no neutral interactions with your spouse. How you say good morning, whether you say good morning or not, is either a deposit in their love bank or a withdrawal from their love bank. This is what psychologists say. For every single negative interaction, it requires seven positive interactions to bring the account back to zero. Yes. Yes. The ratio is seven to one. So when we are flippant with what we say, flippant with how we interact, we are making withdrawals and we wonder why our relationships are overdrawn. Yes. Yes. And we're trying to make withdrawals from our spouse, but every time we ask them for something, we forgot that we made these withdrawals, and every time we need something from them, emotionally they respond with NSF. Come on, come on. Wow. Come on. Wow. There are no neutral interactions. You're either making a deposit or you're making a withdrawal. And it takes more deposits to compensate. Seven deposits for each withdrawal. That's good. It's a big deal, man. It's good. Take us in. Pastor Ray, before we jump into that, can I say something about Mm -hmm. where grace comes in on that? Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've been with somebody for any length of time and they've been making positive deposits, right? And then they start making some withdrawal. They're going through something in their body or they're going through something on the job and they're a little shorter, they're a little snappier. They're just not being themselves. I try to encourage couples, particularly women, when they say, I don't know what's going on with my husband. He's just, you know, being some kind of way lately and it's really hurting me. What has been their history have you not seen a return on your investment in the past? Mm. It's kind of like with stocks. You know, you deposit your money, and sometimes the market is doing well, and then sometimes it goes down, and then sometimes it's doing well. You have to look at your overall portfolio and your overall history with that person. Mm. And so when my husband gets to having a bad day or acting up or doing whatever he's doing like he was this morning, Mm. I just remember (laughs) that. (laughs) No, tell it, tell it. We, We here for this. All of that. <laughs> Carry on. I just remember that I've gotten such a good return on my investment right. that I'm not going to cash in on him because he's having a bad day. So good. 
So I'm good. not going to cash in on him because he's having a bad day. That's good. And when it comes to f- what I focus on, I don't focus on his bad days. Mm. I focus on all the days he held me up when I was having a bad day. That's good. That's good. I Very knew she good. was going to do that to me today. Yeah. I said in the car on my <laughs> way to church, she's going to use that today. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. She did. All right. You so know, Pastor Wendy calls that the what is true list. Yeah. When you're going through a difficult time with your significant other, uh, they're acting a certain way. Uh, you have to go back to what you know is true yes. about them. That's good. This is what they're doing now, but I know so much more about them that is truer That's yeah. good. than That's how good. I am experiencing them now. That's good. So you That's default good. to yes. your what is true list. Absolutely. And I think that takes us into the first algorithm, which is the relational algorithm. Okay. Um, this is the, the, the algorithm that focuses really on the aspect of friendship. Uh, mm. I believe, um, and uh, my wife would also agree, that as we was having this conversation, we realized that most couples are business partners but not life partners. Mm. That, wow. that, that is important because what is happening is when there's an absence of relationship, mm. you have an assembly line marriage. Wow. I have this job to pay this bill. I have these kids mm. pick up, bring them home, mm. eat, sleep, wake up, go back to work. There's no joy in the marriage, and so mm. you're on an assembly line. Mama. You, you, you have to see the component of the goal in the marriage is not to do just time together. Mm. We want to do life together. Mama, say that one more time, Doc. The goal in marriage is not to do time. It's to do life. Mm. And we have a lot of joyless marriages Mm. in church. Mm. Joyless Mm. marriage in church. And so what they're doing is instead of them being life partners, they're time partners. And I'm not interested in doing time. I want to do life with you. Right? Uh, You you have anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's perfect. I think sometimes what influences that is that we come into the relationship trying to change our partner. Mm. And it's kind of like I was giving um, my husband the example. I said, you know, when you go and you buy a Mercedes Benz, Mm -hmm. they usually come loaded, right? And you pick the different options that you like. And they'll tell you, we don't like for you to put aftermarket products on our vehicles Mm. because it brings down the value. Right. We want you to go ahead and get the rims you like and the stereo you like and all of that. Mm. We don't want you to do that aftermarket because it brings down the value. Mm. I think it's the same when we try to take a partner that we really isn't everything that we want, but we treat them like a fixer-upper. We're just going to put aftermarket stuff on them. We'll fix them up later. Mm. You're devaluing who that person is. You're devaluing what God created. Mm. It's okay to let that person be who they are and not try to change them. Now, there's a difference between challenging your partner Mm. to be their best self Mm -hmm. and trying to change your partner into something else. And I think when couples come together with this idea that I'm going to change my spouse into who I want them to be, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to have a relationship with someone who you don't feel accepts you for who you are. Yeah, that's good. That's a big one. I think one of the things that we've done well over the 16 years is... Uh, You've got some agreement. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Love it, love it. It's God's job to change us. Don't go changing. (laughs) Come on now. Trying to please me. I believe it's our spouse's job to challenge us. Yeah. I'm not trying to be God to her. Right. You, you, you know what I'm saying? That, that's one of the things that I love. I'm with her, not because she changes me. Mm. I'm with her and I need her in my life because she challenges me. 
Mm. I'm the best version of myself because she's been introduced into my life. That's huge. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Some couples make the mistake of saying I'm with my partner because my identity is locked in them. Mm. No, mm. no, that's no. My 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 life gets better mm. because she's a part of me. Absolutely. I make a decision to do life better, to do business better, to be a father better, to be a leader better so because good. of what of where she is in her life and who she's been called to be. Mm. So I don't want to frustrate. I want to compliment Good. who she's supposed to be mm. as the woman of God, as a child of God, as a daughter of God. So and good. so she's allowed God to be the changing agent mm. while at the same time understanding that her role in my life is to challenge me to be the best version of me. Yeah. Yes. Not of what she wants to see in me. Right. You said I think sometimes we make that mistake as she, you know, so eloquently communicated that we we're not here to change each other. Right. And the relational algorithm is important because this is where your identity is is really connected in that. Mm. This is how you can what we have what they call work wives and work husbands. Mm. Because there's a certain identity that is affirmed at work that you don't get at home. Right. And so you introduce a new relationship mm. into the covenant mm. because you feel like you can be you at work when you can't be you at home. Big deal. It's a big, big deal. Yeah. It happens. It, it, it does. Happens. It happens all it, the time. It, huge. But your work, mm -hmm. you know, in that, you're, the people that see you outside of your home, they're not um, doing life with you with the same level of responsibility and skin in the game, right? Your work wife thinks all your jokes are funny because she doesn't know you're two months behind on the mortgage. You see what I'm saying? Your work wife thinks you're so oh, handsome boy, and fine now. because she doesn't see you with your shirt off, okay? Your oh, wow. work, you, you see what I'm saying? So, of course, right? Right? Your work husband is fantastic, but he is not picking up the kids and taking them to softball and all this, that, and the other, right? So we, we <laughs> form these relationships with people who aren't really doing life with us. Yeah. They see a snapshot of who we are, you yeah. know, in all of our glory, but they don't see us back home with the bonnet on and complaining and that one gown you've had for 18 years. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so of course you're super Come sexy on, at work. Because, you, you know, you're not there with your muumuu on. So we've got to stop living in this fantasy that the people that love us and applaud us and all of that outside of work, while that is great for our egos and our esteem, your spouse knows the real you. Come on. And that's who you've committed to do life with. It's that's good. huge. That's real good. Oh, boy, it's heating up up here. Good. Boy. Good. And I guess the relational aspect of the marriage or the relational aspect of the algorithm is it has to move beyond being a transactional entity right. yes. into more of being an entity where there's quality dialogue that is mm. taking place with one another. Yeah. Uh, it is moving beyond ROI mm. into really intimacy and allowing yeah. someone really to see into you yeah. uh, and really love you for who you are. Right, and I, and I get to be, you know, one of the scriptures you see that I believe is towards the end of chapter two of Genesis. It says that Adam and Eve were was naked and they felt no, no shame. shame. Yeah, that's the goal. That's it's the goal. a no shame marriage. Right, and that's relationship. That that's that's, that's friendship. No, that's fantastic. You have two more. I have yes. two more. Uh, yes, tell us about the next one, which which is the mental algorithm. mental yes. yeah the mental algorithm now. 
the mental algorithm is is something that really cannot be sustained on a one track mind. Okay. I think we sometimes go into the relationship with a one track mind. We only one way mm. when we get we we fail to see that this is something that is going to take root and is going to flourish and blossom into something that supersedes our our expectation. So we have to really see that we have to continue to work on our mindset as it relates to what it is that we're trying to build in the in the relationship. I remember right. early on into the marriage, I spent a lot of time at uh, what was it, Barnes and Nobles. Mm -hmm. Barnes and Noble, I would just disappear. I would be at, at she would know mm. where I was. Mm. I would be at Barnes and Noble, and it's, wow. it's 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 I would be reading books yeah. on how to be the best version of who I'm supposed to be to really contribute and add value to this relationship. Mm. So I worked on my intel. Mm. You know, I think we stopped learning each other. Huge. That that's okay. a mindset is. Mm. Our spouses, we discover something new about them, especially in trials and tribulations. Absolutely. We start to begin to see that problems are opportunities for growth. Yeah. I believe we, we roll best together uh, in the fire. In the it, fire. It just seems like we, we, boy, we just roll up our sleeves and we're in this thing and it's us against the world. Right. And not the world against both us individually or independently. And Isn't so that what happens sometimes, though? It is. In yes. conflict, we turn on each other? Yes. Absolutely. When we're supposed to be fighting together? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you want to speak to the, we talked about, and I want to make sure we touch it, that infatuation aspect of it. That's yes. a mindset challenge, too. Mm. We, um, we have to move past infatuation and that, that whole butterfly stage. That is, that's wonderful, and it's beautiful. And I'm not saying that um, your spouse doesn't still light a spark for you when they walk into the room. But we have to move past infatuation. I was telling my husband, I said, you know, butterflies only live for two to six weeks. Right. In <laughs> real life. Up. They have a very short lifespan. They do. And if you're trying to build your mm. marriage off mm. of the butterflies, you're going to have a very short-lived successful uh, success in your marriage. But you have to mature to the place where you're moving into love, which mm. is an action word. Yeah. And, you, and the Bible talks about that, you know, love keeps no record of wrong. Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. We have to move into those things in our marriage and move past, do they move me when they walk into a room? Because your spouse is going to change over the years. And you have to start looking at this thing as I'm in this forever. That's this it. is not a temporary thing. We counsel with couples sometimes and say, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give it two years. Well, wait a minute. Right. You said I do right. forever. Yeah. And so when you start looking at your marriage on the scale of forever, mm. your arguments seem a little less significant. Right. You no, realize huge. that you have the rest of your life to figure certain things out. Yeah. Every couple has that thing in their marriage that is that thorn that's just yes. with them. Yes, mm. It's the argument that you always have. Right. It seems like, man, I thought we were going to be over arguing about this. And then it just keeps circling it back around. Yeah. Every couple has that thing. For mm. some, it's kids. For some, it's money. For some, some, it's sex. Every couple has their thing. And the best advice that I got about marriage was from a pastor's wife. She says, guess what? You don't have to figure it all out right now. Right. You have the rest of your life together to figure that out. Mm. And that took so much pressure off of us to feel like if we didn't hurry and figure this thing out, yeah. that our marriage was doomed. It's a forever mindset. Mm. And so if you keep a forever mindset about your marriage, it'll change how you treat the here and now. It's so good. It's good. So good. good. I would yeah. say also um, 
that we have a saying in our marriage that we share when we do, you know, any couples discussions. It is it is when we can't get to a, a resolve, we just tell each other, I choose peace. Good. That's that's the thing is we, we just say, I choose peace. Yeah. We'll table it for a later time. Mm. Uh, and what I would say to those who are not married, because I'm certain that there are some who are still looking towards finding that life partner. Uh, but I tell couples all the time, and we jokingly say it, is that your partner is your pick. They are a reflection yes. of your intellectual ability. Mm. So they pick. reflect your intelligence. Mm. You chose them. Mm. Right, so you wow. can't get mad at what you chose. Yeah. Celebrate wow. your pick. You, you have to celebrate <laughs> your pick. Celebrate your That's pick. your pick. That's, That's your good. team partner. They are a reflection of your intellectual ability. So wow. I'm not going to speak down on something that reflects my intelligence. Yeah, no, that's you know, powerful. I entered into covenant with her because of the my, my mindset of mm -hmm. where I was, and so this is why that mindset is so important. And one of the additional things I want to say about infatuation is infatuation is purely emotional. Mm -hmm. it, it, infatuation can be akin to the weather this week in Texas. Right. Right. I mean, we went from short pants on Monday Mama. to back in sweaters on Tuesday. Yeah. And then they say it's supposed to get a little warmer by 5 or 6 o'clock when it was 40-something degrees earlier this earlier morning. Since, so you yeah. really can't base your decision off of infatuation or the, the strength or the phase of where your marriage is off of fat infatuation because I've learned that infatuation will not pass the test of time. It will not. It will not pass the test of time. But love will pass the test of time because you realize that the goal is not to do time together. It's to do life together. Yeah. And the goal is to focus on making the grass greener. Mm. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Make the grass greener. Make the grass greener. Yes, mm -hmm. Infatuation is a feeling, right? Yes. It is. Love it is. is a choice. It yes. is. And I think Absolutely. that's what sets, sets those things apart. You talked about coming to the marriage of one-track mind, and, and then we're going to close yes, uh, with the third mm -hmm. algorithm. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times, you know, we're, 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 we, we insist on having our way, mm. and it's one of the things that creates tremendous conflict in the marriage because we insist on doing it our way. So a lot of times, if I were to ask you guys out here, what does this bottle say on this label? Can you all see it? Ozarka. It says Ozarka. I could argue all day long that this label doesn't say Ozarka because this label says scan for more. It says source, Piney Woods, Springwood County, Texas, and Moffitt Spring in Walker County, Texas. And you can say, no, it doesn't say that. It says Ozarka. The problem is this bottle says both. Yeah. And we argue only from our vantage point and what we can see. It's good. Not realizing that there is another vantage point, that there is another perspective that is just as valid. And most of the conflict we have and insisting on having our way is based on limited perspective. And the truth is, most of the conflict and the algorithms that are pervasive in our marriage is one person is unwilling to change seats. Wow. Because if I were to change seats with you, I would – thank you for the polite golf clap. I have one person in agreement. If I were to change seats with you, I would see that you're right. This bottle says Ozarka. 
And if you were to change seats with me, you would see that this bottle says everything I just said to you. The problem with our, our, uh, uh, being, having a one-track mind is it brings something into the relationship that uh, John Gottman calls one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, defensiveness. Yes. And if you are defensive, it's usually because you're protecting what you think is precious. Because our feelings are attached to our opinions. Yes. And when you go into a marriage or a one-track mind and somebody disagrees with you, then all of a sudden it becomes very personal. And we go through life with our dukes up. Gottman, Gottman defines defensiveness as warding off a perceived attack. But nobody's trying to attack you. Right. I'm just trying to say this bottle doesn't only say Osaka. Oh, no, you're attacking me. And so we go through life like this, dukes up, and so people can't even say a word to you. Mm-hmm. Because you're so defensive about your opinion and you're so, you have such a one-track mind that you go through life with your dukes up. And it, I ain't never seen nobody hug a porcupine. <laughs> uh, let's carry on. Yes. Uh, uh, third algorithm, and then we got to let y'all go. We got to let y'all, we got to let the people go. Is, but third one. I think is it, it encompasses a lot of what we hear in relationships concerning communication, intimacy, uh, finances, parenting, all mm. of that. It is the habitational algorithm. Mm. Uh, Unpack that for us. A habitational is a place of residence. It is a dwelling. It is an abode. Uh, for marriage to remain a dwellable union, we have to see the value in investing what matters for this to become a safe space to live. Good. A safe space to live. A safe space to live. We have marriages in Collin County that are not safe spaces. Mm. Mm. We want to go everywhere else but home. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Because it's not a safe space. Right. And so it's not a place, uh, you know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, which Mm. means he sits in on, he dwells Mm. on praise. Mm. Your marriage should be likened to that of a home. Mm. Is it dwellable? Yeah. Yeah. The people that are involved within the structure or the people that are involved that come in through the front door, do they really want to be there? Mm. And so there are things that you must do if you want to kind of, I know you mentioned some great points that I want to give you space to kind of share on on this particular component of it. Absolutely. If you look at it like a house, um, we've been in our home for about five years now and we've had to, you know, replace some stuff and fix some stuff and um, have people come out and check on some things. And there's regular maintenance that we have to do if we want to keep our home in a condition that it's livable. Yeah. But so often we neglect our marriages and then they become dilapidated mm. and they become uninhabitable. And it's because we didn't invest. We didn't do any maintenance to make sure that it, it remained a safe space for us mm. to be able to live in and yeah. do life in. Mm. And one of the things that we... Um, one of the biggest things that I think people neglect to work on is their communication. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk to each other any kind of way, and it's a certain frequency that you have to make sure you're on the same page. So he communicates a little bit differently than I do. And so I have to communicate in a way where he can hear it and digest it. It's not about, did I get it out? Did I get it to him in a way where he can hear it 
and he can digest it. I never want to say anything to my husband that is going to tear him down. I don't understand this concept where couples talk to each other in a way that breaks their partner. I never want to be right at the expense of breaking him. Right. I, I, I don't want to lay next to a broken man every night. My, my. And so even when we disagree, mm. I'm still going to talk to him with love and affection and with kindness and in a way in which he can understand mm. what I'm trying to say and digest it. Exactly. And all that getting, get an understanding. Yeah. And so communication is one of the ways I think couples have to really spend some time in investing and say, okay, how do I need to speak to my partner mm. in a way that they can hear me mm. and hear my heart and digest what I'm saying? And one of the things that we say before we start any discussion is we're going to assume positive intent. Good. I'm always going to assume positive intent. positive intent. Yes. So good. Yeah. You mentioned something uh, that That's you mentioned good. to your team. You said tension sometimes causes you to misunderstand intention. Yeah. Mm, very good. Ten tension sometimes causes you to misunderstand intention. And so we want to make sure that if we're trying to feed the habitational aspect of the algorithm, mm. trust the intention of your partner. This is yeah. your life partner. Yeah. At one point, you trusted them. Mm. So take what they say at face value and trust the intention of it yeah. and not assume that their goal is to destroy you. So, so I, I think that, you know, there, there are other areas as it relates to this component of, of the marriage that is so key. But when we were kind of, you know, dialoguing mm -hmm. on this last night, we just really felt the father's voice on this, you know, yeah. that, that a great end point and sticking point uh, for our conversation today is make marriage a safe space. So powerful. And uh, if I'm going to take something away from this third algorithm, the habitational algorithm, I think what you said is so profound uh, that we should assume positive, positive intent. Yeah. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Loves, love believes all things. Hopes all things. That is having a, a, posture, a posture that says, uh, I'm going to assume the best even when the worst has been displayed. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. Thank Was this you. helpful this morning? I wish we had more time, Doc. Yes, sir. But we're going to have to do it again. Yes, sir. We're going to have to do it again. Let me just close with this verse of Scripture, and then I'm going to ask you to pray for us. Uh, because there is a very real adversary, a very real enemy that is anti. He's against anything that brings glory to absolutely. God, yes. especially marriages. And so we have to be aware of the algorithms that the enemy has designed against our marriages. Remember, your enemy is not your spouse. You're the same team fighting a common enemy named Satan. Uh, if you could, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7 in the NIV, if you can. Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. This is where I'm going to close. And I think it highlights, it highlights what you just said about the ever-present ever stalker. Uh, in our lives. This is God speaking to, to Cain. Mm. And God says to Cain in verse 6. Let's go back to verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Mm. But if you do not do
do what is right. If you focus on the wrong things, that's all you're going to see. Notice what it says. It says sin is crouching at your door. Wow. I like to call this verse crouching tiger, hidden dragon. (laughs) He's an ever-present enemy. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you, you must rule over it. That means you have a say in determining whether the algorithms the enemy has designed against you will prosper or not. In Cain's case, the algorithm worked. It doesn't have to be that way for you or your marriage. Recognize that there is an ever-present algorithm working against you. Sin is crouching at your door, but you must have rule over it because God created us for dominion. Would you pray for us? Father, we thank you first and foremost for this opportunity. We thank you for the voice of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Um, We thank you, Lord God, even for Converge Church and its desire to help others build kingdom marriages. Now, Lord, as we have sat here today to converse upon the scriptures and the experience uh, that we have together, I pray for every couple that is represented in this house today. Lord, you you indicated in the scriptures that it's the enemy's desire to sift us uh, as we, but you said you prayed for Peter. Yes, you did. And so, Lord, I take a moment and I pray and I cover every couple that is represented under the sound of my voice today, every family that is represented under the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord God, that they're getting ready to reverse the investing and they're about thank to you, invest, Lord. Father, in the areas that matter most. Satan, you cannot have our families. You cannot have our marriages. Our children will not be the products of broken homes. But, Lord, I thank you that change is here today. And your Holy Spirit will be the force, God, that will help introduce peace into our lives. I pray every marriage that may be unsafe right now, whether that is emotional, whether that is physical abuse, whatever the level of trauma that exists in that marriage, I pray in the name of Jesus that you give that couple the courage to invest. Your word is declared that we should let our light so shine yes, Lord. that men may see our good works and mm. glorify our Father mm. which is in heaven. Father, I pray today that we're able to replicate what you desire from us as couples. Thank and so, you. Father, I thank you that when we leave church today, mm. we're walking out of here with strength. We're walking out of here with power. We're walking out of here with revelation and knowledge on what it is to build a marriage, Father, where your image can be reflected in the thank name you, of Lord. Jesus. Thank and you. we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And did that bless anybody today? Pastor Ken, Pastor Dana, thank you guys so much. One of the things I forgot to mention is that you guys are both authors. Uh, Reminders for grinders. Listen, if you're in the marketplace, you've got to get uh, Pastor Dana's book, uh, Reminders for Grinders. Amazon, is it available there? Available on Amazon. Just search Reminders for Grinders. Listen, uh, Pastor Ken, man, incredible book called The Unheard Of. Yes, Uh, yes. Uh, you've got to check it out. It's about dreaming and believing beyond the ordinary. Yes, sir. And uh, where's that available? Is on that Amazon? one is uh, Man of Publishing, okay. uh, manofpublishinghouse.com, The Unheard Of, and also the book What's Wrong With Me, 
Mm. Uh, and I've got another book coming out um, next month called From Prophecy to Prophets. Mm. Um, and that is a book that focuses on business and occupying until he comes. And so yeah. uh, if you just want to go to IamPastorKen.com, all of the resources are there. Uh, for them to get information about the books that we offer. Fantastic. All righty. Why don't you stand with us, Pastor Jesse? Why don't you come? Is Pastor Jesse in here? Why don't you come and bless us out? There's a mic on the uh, table. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Another great day where we had the opportunity to worship God to celebrate Jesus and to learn about having our relationships in line with the Word of God or having our relationships uh, just not all about us, uh, but about the other person. Bow your heads and let's pray. Let's head to our office. What's up, big guy? What's up, big guy? Amen. That's okay. Father, we thank you today and we bless your name. Thank you so much for your love. Bless our time together. Bless us as we go, that we might have the life of Christ shown in us, in our relationships, God, however or wherever we may be. We're believing that Jesus will be seen in us. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchandweareconvert.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.